When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and content that some listeners may find law-abiding. And if you are offended by this, we have a barrister on our side, so piss off. Well, currently they're on our side. We are Unless not. we make a real hash of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're joining us today, this is going to be part two. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to part one. I guess we're just not starting with a joke this week. We never do. Welcome to Seesaw Podcast with T and Cleves. Each week, offered up a blurry perspective on life. The joke is you, mate. Wow. Welcome to Seesaw, episode 90-something. We're almost at the one double bagel. How are you, Cleves? I am actually all right. Excellent. How was yourself? Not too bad. Work's been a bit crap. And students. I hate students. I don't know if that's been a clue previously, but I work with students. And we haven't done this for a long time. Yeah, true. Hashing out old stuff. Yep. That's what you've got to do. Get those hash browns on the grill. You can grill hash browns, surely. You can grill anything. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be good, but you can do it. You can grill a pie. You know what's pretty good on a grill? Pineapple and peaches. Put peaches on a uh, barbecue. They're really good. Why um, Why are you grilling peaches? Because it's really good for a salad. If you're having like a salad in the summer, grill a peach or a slice of pineapple and then put it in your salad. Mm, that's exactly what I go to a barbecue for, the salad. If it's a good salad, you'll have it. I want dead animals. <laughs> Shout out to the vegan. <laughs> Shove between two pieces of bread. I mean, that is the dream, isn't it? Or a cob. A cob. Mm, not, the not Midlands co- word for yeah. a bread roll. Yeah, not corn on the cob. Once had that when I went into a sandwich shop and said, can I have a, uh, a sausage roll, please? And they were like, oh, and yeah, and they got me like the pastry ones. Like, no, no, sausage in a roll. And they go, well, you mean a cob? It's like, yeah, yeah, that. True story. Even if you said sausage sandwich, they would have got you the correct thing. Yeah, but then they would have done it in bread. No, probably not. If you were in like a Greg's or something, they would have known what you meant. It wasn't a Greg's. It was a local, like, cafe. Where was this? The one down the road. Oh, okay. 
awful. I really don't rate it at all. Wow. Shout out local businesses. Fuck me. It's for the price, I expected better quality. For like seven pound fifty for like go. a sausage cup. tea. Yeah. It's a new segment. <laughs> Thrifty. <laughs> hey, cost of living, mate. Cost of living. If you're gonna splurge out, it better be good quality. And they were just like Richmond sausages. For seven fifty Mate, it sounds like you've gone to a greasy spoon and expected fucking the Ritz. Dude, I'm I'm telling you, seven pound fifty. If that was a fiver. Seven pounds fifty for a sandwich for a sausage sandwich? Yeah. Fuck off. What else did you buy? Nothing. Barlocks. No, they're not charging it. you £7.50 for a sausage. You're full of shit. <laughs> uh, that would have at best cost three quid. We're going to find out. Right, we'll find out next week. Find out next week for Thrifty and <laughs> Cleves calling out bullshit. Anyway, it wasn't very good. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tea in a sandwich, but it wasn't very good. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to the good bit. Skip to the good bit. Yes, part two of our chat with Christina Warner, the barrister with all the sites, but losing it. <laughs> really? I meant legal side. That, oh, okay. That I, okay. Vision, there you go. She's got all the vision, but losing her sight. Nice. It's a bit late now because we've already f- fluffed it. But Yeah, I know. I hope you still do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Please tune in. This is going to be another good one. One of the things that gets me is actually declaring, like I said, I'm summoning the demon by saying the words, I'm visually impaired or I'm uh, uh, partially sighted. You're almost announcing to the world around you, I'm I'm easy pickings. Like it happened to me at a bank. I needed to take some cash out. And the bank clerk gave me a, a slip to fill in. And I thought, oh, God, I'm never going to be able to fill this in. So I showed her my badge. She then started shouting at me. Hello, how much money would you... Classic. Let us go. Yes, kiss. Chef's kiss. I was like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not hard of hearing. I'm just visually yeah. impaired. <laughs> okay, how much money would you like to take out? She then starts counting it in front of me very loudly. And I was like, you're basically announcing to everyone, not only that I have a disability, but I've got X amount of cash on me. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Yeah. N, 20. I was like, just what, what, is, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you? But it's, yeah, so that, that like stuff. Your grandparents talking to a foreign person, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Oh, louder no, no. and slower until you understand. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. Just speak louder and louder until they get it. It will land finally. Yeah. But it's it's crazy, like you say, like, and I think, especially from my my perspective, and I think Cleves will will resonate with this. Like, I think sometimes I don't realize that this is the plight of, of disabled and and members of our own community, in the visually impaired community, uh, women who are victimized and are more vulnerable. Because I think I take it for granted because I'm a six foot. 15 stone bald man yeah. with a big beard it's like okay i i have a guide dog but i don't know maybe that offsets is he easy pickings i don't know it's it's a big guy but i yeah, don't know do if that wanna, negates do you back that horse do you want to back that horse you want to yeah. try <laughs> um i um it's funny because i've had these conversations with my brother and my brother uh my mum is is spanish so my dad, my brother, my dad is London Irish, but my brother's got kind of very Mediterranean complexion, and he he gets he used to not so much now because how old is he? He's almost forty now, but um, he did used to get stopped by police, and 
when he would say, oh, I'm visually impaired, he was then put on, basically put to strict proof about his sight loss. Um, we don't have to justify ourselves to you. And yeah. it's it's embarrassing that I'm not, I am partly saying that my brother was, um, was typecast due to the way that he looks, certainly. But if he chooses not to have a cane or he chooses not to have a guide dog, for whatever the reason it may be, it's not on you to then question that life choice. Because yeah. what, what we answer could potentially be shocking to you. And as we all know, to say the disabled community, we trigger an existential crisis in the able-bodied. And I say that as someone who was able-bodied. It's really, really tough. And now, yeah, I've been in situations where, and by court staff that have said to me, oh, you don't look blind. I'm sorry, what does a blind person <laughs> look like? Yeah. Please remind me. Or where's your dog? Where's your cane? Where's your mind? Yeah. I'm like, educate yourself. And I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to talk like that, but I will, because it's no one's business. Or my, this is my favorite one. Will I go ugly blind? Will I, I go what's ugly, ugly blind? What, ugly what blind. So Stargardt's typically doesn't take the pigment away from, from your eye color. Um, it may compromise it because obviously as the macula degenerates, the lights not reflect, it's got no, nothing to reflect off because it's eroded away, but typically it doesn't, you might get flex, but I mean, you've got to be like real up and close, but I, I think they were referring to people that have, I think it's glaucoma and cataracts that, mm. that maybe um, that sometimes the pigment in their eyes is, is altered. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> but <laughs> you're going to go ugly blind because it's really distressing to look at people that have gone ugly blind. Don't worry about it. They're not probably going to see you. Let that land. Just going yeah. to let that with you <laughs> for a second. I was like, ugly blind. Just break that down for me. Let's talk about yeah. that. So you've, and, got to, you've got to embrace it. Like, I, I have nystagmus. My eyes shake like a motherfucker. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. I make searing eye contact with everyone. Nice. And the amount of people who just they, they slowly walk like look away. It's like I've had a conversation like, why are you looking away? It's like I keep, your keep eyes are shaking. Looking, I don't know if I'm allowed to look. It's like yeah. you yeah, can look. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Like look look at me. <laughs> yeah, see, for me, I have to look beyond people because so I trained myself as soon as I, I noticed that I was losing my central vision, because I'm dependent now on my peripheral vision. I usually have to look beyond people or around people. Um, and obviously then you get people looking around them like, what is she looking at? Are you looking at me or for me, love? Like, look, looking around, <laughs> like what is happening? But um, yeah, that's one of my favorites. Am I going to go ugly blind? Yeah. Where's my dog? Where's my cat? Oh, how many fingers am I holding up? What's the oh, color yeah. of my jumper? I was like, why? On what planet do you like? I'm just the single shocked. one's easy because it's always one and it's always the middle. Absolutely. <laughs> that or I give them the rods. Yeah. I give them, yes. I give them the two, and then I'm like two, two that way. And it's um, I, I, I don't know what emboldens people to be that way. When we yeah. think 15 of the world's population is disabled, are you that person that thinks that you're immune from any type of disability or knowing anyone with a disability? Because if you do, you're sorely mistaken. Educate yourself because your ignorance is showing. And with- um, yeah, so those are the kind of those are the examples, and unfortunately, that's been. By court staff. Uh, we had a quick mute for your Twitter profile. We're not going to lie. You yeah, <laughs> mentioned yeah. you were doing uh, activism as well. Yes. And obviously, you feel quite passionate about that from what you've been saying. Yes. Is there anything sort of campaign wise that uh, you're involved in at the minute to sort of, like you say, the education of people? 
Yeah, so there's I do a lot of work with the Association of Disabled Lawyers and we're and the Bringing Disability to the Bar, which is an association that helps disabled law students hoping to get into practice. So we set up a mentoring scheme um the beginning of the summer, and I'm a mentor for a couple of disabled law students that are hoping to qualify, fingers crossed. And um it's an honor to to help them and give them practical advice as well. And also I think generally I do a lot of writing for legal publications as to the need for greater awareness of uh, reasonable adjustments and for access to justice for those with disabilities. And I speak, I like to think that I speak on behalf of the people that are accessing the court system, as well as a practitioner who has a disability, because they are really two separate issues. Lawyers that need to be empowered, disabled lawyers that need to be empowered to do their job, and also um, helping those with disabilities to access the court system because it is a fundamental human right and when you literally cannot enter a court building because you're a wheelchair user and there are steps mm. then what does that tell you? you're being restricted from exercising your human rights so um those are mainly my two areas but at the same time i'm doing a lot of work in terms of campaigning um, for the rights of disabled children in education that's something that came about as a result of a friend of mine who encountered real difficulties with an autistic son um trying to get him into the appropriate school um that's something that i've i've become more and more interested in and also i think as well especially the cost of living crisis disabled people we're always we're always the last to be considered and the first to um bear the brunt of any economic downturn especially when there's cuts in funding cuts to uh, benefits those really are any area to do with disability any area to do with animal protection or lgbtq plus rights do you yeah. think being a disabled person in the sense of I find having a visual impairment myself, mm-hmm. it's helped me in my job because I'm always constantly looking for uh, is problem solving, I'm going to say, yes. and ways if I, if I can't solve the problem, then to find workarounds. Do you find that helps within your job? Yeah. So one of the things I say um, to anyone who is struggling with their mental health in respect of uh, maybe a pre-existing a disability they were born with or a disability they acquired later in life. I always say that disabled people, we are the ultimate problem solvers. You yeah. put a problem in front of us, we'll solve it. There is no doubt about it. And I think that we share each other's skills as well. So I, um, I've i got friends that have, have cerebral palsy or are wheelchair users. I will ask them, can you just let me know where the toilets are? I can't see them. They can. So I'll help them. They help me. It's kind of, you know, we help each other out. And I think that able-bodied people are a lot less likely to ask for that help whilst amongst ourselves. Like, okay, that person can see, that person can hear. So how how can I help them? And how can they help me? And it's, you know, I think that overlap, that kind of Venn diagram of our skills, that kind of meeting in the middle, I think is, is phenomenal within the disabled community. And I'm very, very grateful for the disabled friends that I have. But, do you think? Do you think it's a just, just a straight up question? Yeah, go on. Since since becoming disabled, do you think you've become a better barrister? I think I've always been quite gobby. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer ever. I, was, <laughs> I love that. It's I always love been it. a bit gobby. Always been a bit of a gobshy. Do you know what? I think I've become more militant. I think, and I've become more of. I've become an exaggerated version of the pit bull that I always was, I think, because I have been called a pit bull in court before. Although I don't consider myself that way, but that's what other people say. But <laughs> I think I I tolerate very, very little when it comes to the exploitation of disabled people's vulnerabilities. I will not have it. It's and I think as well that it's I have to I have to 
get that balance as well because I don't want to be that angry disabled girl like I get it and I I get that the work that I do as a lawyer is very much about um encouraging as an activist and a campaigner encouraging dialogue because it's through that dialogue that the barriers come down and we actually share stories of how we are there's so much more that brings us together than sets us apart and everyone in some way shape or form is affected by disability or they will be in their lifetime if they haven't already but i think in terms of whether or not it's changed me as a barrister i think it's maybe a slightly different barrister i'm a lot less tolerant of um i'm going to try not to swear but um swear if you want all <laughs> i'm just a lot less tolerant of bullshit not uh, less tolerant i'm just i don't for a, for a, a poignant term i can see straight through it you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's I, I just don't tolerate it, and I will. Like, I'll be the first to call someone out um, if I believe that someone that's disabled is being exploited. I just I can't I can't bear it. I can't bear it. But then it, the same applies to to members of the queer community. If I feel that they're being exploited, oh, woe betide! Like, mm-hmm. and you know, or animal welfare issues will not tolerate it. And I think that, but that I think is a, is a sense of urgency with me because I am running out of time because my, my sight is, my sight loss is progressing. So that sense of urgency of, well, this needs to be done now. I don't have time to say in 50 words, what can be said in 10? Let's crack on. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, load of question from me. Yes. And, but I want to sort of like cut you loose on this. A so load of question. Is the legal system doing what it can to enable disabled people to find justice um we're getting there but we've got a long way to go do you want me to go further into that or the future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about that's why we've created the hefty renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials to participate simply fill up an orange hefty renew bag with accepted items tie it up and drop it in with your regular recycling that's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Run out of time. Go, no, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Like, what are the shortfalls? Um, like, where, where are your frustrations? Like, what can be better? Yeah. I think if we think about it from the major and the minor, so if we think about... Um, if we think about it major, for instance, accessing a court building, like I said, a lot of court buildings are grade listed. So they may not have a lift. They uh, may not um, have nosing on their stairs. They may not have a ramp. That is a physical barrier to someone with a physical mobility or even myself, someone with a sensory compromise, um, being able to get into the court building to physically access the justice system. And it is essential if you are giving evidence that you are able to give evidence in the manner in which is reasonable for your needs. So if you wish to be on site or you're giving evidence or making an application or whatever it might be on site, your right is to be able to to actually get into the court building and ensure that that's done, um, to be able to put your case the way that it would be for any able-bodied person. I think if we think about it more from the minor standpoint, so for instance, filling out application forms um, and an understanding of being able to communicate with court staff, I think we've got a long, long way to go. Application forms can often be complicated. Yes, we do have citizens' advice. We do have legal advice centres, but obviously we all know there's an erosion in community care and funding cuts to all um, all volunteer-based services. There's been a huge hit that's been taken by them in the last 10 years or so. But 
I find the application forms can be really, really tough to read. So I'm dependent on them being read to me on by the software that I have that helps me do my job. But imagine if you're someone who's who needs an application. You're let's say you're fleeing domestic abuse. You're a disabled person. You finally, you finally are going to seek assistance, judicial intervention. You're looking for an injunction, non-molestation order. Let's say you've got a raft of paperwork you need to fill in. That's going to be the least of your worries when you're fleeing from a dangerous situation. And if you're someone with a disability, you then have to think about your housing situation. If you've got children, what's happening with them? If you've got pets, what's happening with them? Will a refuge take you if you've got if you've got additional needs? All of these things. And I think because able-bodied people don't often think about these things, I don't think they ever do. (laughs) Um, Very rarely. Um, That's where the system has to change, both from a logistical standpoint and being able to access physically access the system and then actually being able to make an application being able to uh, submit witness statements being able to put your evidence together there's an erosion of public funding i don't know if you're aware of the funding strike well the criminal bar barristers criminal barristers have been on strike there's an erosion of legal aid and family law is there's a lot of legal aid especially when it comes to domestic abuse and mass involving children and but there's very little legal aid to go around. So how are disabled people meant to access the system when there's very little legal aid available full stop, let alone designated funding for those with disabilities? So yeah, I think we've got a really, really long way to go. We're getting there. There is a great there's there is a, a I think there is a movement we're heading in the right direction. I think generally there's a greater understanding. I think there's a movement within the public consciousness of who we are as disabled people, what we contribute, what our value is. And in fact, we are so much more than the challenges that our disabilities place on us. But that we've got, I, I, I fear that in my lifetime, I don't think the change will, will be seen. I don't think the change will be felt. But I like to think that I've had a very small, teeny weeny, little, little, I've made a small contribution. And with the barristers that have come before me, disabled barristers, disabled judges, I do sincerely feel like I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because they are phenomenal people at a time where I can only imagine what they encountered. Amazing. I, it's wow. Happening to hear, to be fair. Yeah. Um, no, it's um it's just great to have this conversation. What I would say is one of one of my takeaways from being a barrister with a disability is obviously I have to I have to say the words to opposing counsel usually that um I'm I'm visually impaired. And I think there's only been one occasion where I haven't been met with a story by them as to how they've encountered disability. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It may be that they are struggling with an autistic child, a parent with dementia, they may be, they may have struggled with endometriosis, postnatal depression. Um, I almost feel like you become an impromptu therapist, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I said was, hello, I'm counsel for, I'm the barrister for father, mother, child, whoever. And um, I'm visually impaired, just to let you know. Oh my God, my son has this or my father. Da, da, da. And I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Thanks. But okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. But I feel very humbled. And I think that those people, and as I said, I think there's only been one occasion. I've only had one case where opposing counsel hasn't shared a story with me either before or after we've had a hearing. I think it says numerous things. I think it says that there's, as I said, there's a lot more that brings us together than sets us apart. And also that there is a distinct lack of a support network in place because if people felt supported, they wouldn't want to share it with a stranger. And the fact that they do confide in me with what's been happening, and I've stayed in touch with a lot of barristers as a result of their stories, one of them in particular that had PTSD. I, I feel very honoured that they share their stories, but it's all of us are affected by disability in some way, either yeah. by, by proxy or firsthand. Um, and I think that's the takeaway that so much more brings us together than sets us apart. 
Just oh, as a last question for me, please, where please. we are huge advocates on this podcast of disabled people getting into work. Yes. So, firstly, how or would you encourage people to get into law? If so, potentially what types? And secondly, I guess, is there any advice you would give to people? You mentioned earlier, like young people struggling to get jobs. Yes. May help them, particularly disabled people, get into work. Yeah. I mean, if anyone is interested, if there are any law students that are interested in um, being called to the bar and um, practicing as a barrister, they can they can contact me. I'll be happy to have a chat with them. I'd be happy to see if there's any work experience available for them. I can't I can't say whether or not it'll be paid, but what's called mini pupillages. So mini pupillages is like a short period of work experience, maybe a week or two shadowing a barrister going with them to court. Um, and I'd be happy to put them in touch with um, associations that I work alongside. Uh, yeah, I'm a trustee for both um the association of disabled lawyers and bringing disability to the bar and bringing disability to the bar is um for is specifically for law students that are hoping to qualify as barristers so i'd be happy to kind of you know forward people details of that as well i would say one another common thread that i think joins a lot of the disabled community is our resilience apart from our phenomenal problem solving skills <laughs> i think it's our our resilience um, because you cannot live a life as a disabled person without being resilient. It's impossible. It's impossible. Um, it's so easy to allow the challenges that are placed before you to completely consume you. That is the easy way out. If you want to, if you want to live a life and you bloody hell, you got to get stuck in, you've got to be resilient. And that is what, if you want to qualify as a lawyer, so that's a solicitor, legal executive, or a barrister, um, that resilience, I'm always such an advocate for disabled law students because I think the resilience is just, you cannot compare it to able-bodied students. <laughs> yeah. It's um, having lived life. If you're living life as a disabled person, it, it just, it's intrinsic that you're going to have resilience and that resilience will transfer then into your practice as a barrister and your approach to your clients. So just keep going. It's bloody tough. It's really, really tough. And it's a long old slog, but support yourself. Sorry, surround yourself with an amazing support network. Get the funding that you know you're entitled to. Please, please, please. You don't have to go without and um, and just keep going and contact me if you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, it's, it's really great to hear from someone with such a great career. Like me and T can plug it to the cows gone home, but I think uh, it's it's just great coming from someone with that professionalism that potentially I'm not going to say I like because I don't mind my job. It's all right. <laughs> T, up to you. What do you want to say about yours? But it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I don't terrible. mind it. I, I think mind. it's relative. It's all relative, isn't it, as well? Because, you know, I, I feel immensely proud and it's become very apparent to me that there are very, very few disabled legal practitioners, let alone disabled barristers. But there is the tide is turning and I think the future looks fantastic. I think it's colourful, it's varied, it's diverse, it's loud and it's and it's out there. And I think that that's in terms of the disabled students that are coming up, I, I'm so excited for them. And I feel that I kind of feel that sense of pride as well. And that responsibility that I owe to the barristers that came before me, the, the even less, I think there was only about four or five barristers that I know of that are more senior than I am. Um, and I can, and there was no support network available. I can only imagine how tough it was for them. And they really are, um superheroes and they're giants like I always 
whenever I do any type of disability activism, I always encourage students to look into them as well, because then you really know who laid the foundation. Um, and those people, some of them are still in practice, some of them aren't, um, but they laid an amazing foundation. I like to think that the students coming up behind me um, will feel that sense of pride as well and want to keep going and pay it forward to the next generation and the next generation. So that way that never, we've got a constant stream of disabled students coming through. That's what I like to see. Just have them constantly coming through the system so that they do qualify because they're entitled to, God damn it, they're entitled to. Um, they just need to to work hard like every law student does and ensure they have a support network in place so that it it enables them to do to, to pursue their dreams amazing yeah. you see there you go there's inspiration there that's oh. inspiration <laughs> no it's um yeah it's it's an honor and a privilege and um disability isn't the end of the world it i know some days it does feel like that but it yeah it's bloody tough but you need to having a support network around you or do you know we're just having a laugh like yeah. I, who was it? i can't remember it was i sent a tweet the other day that said hotel rooms always jokes because hotel rooms the lighting's always really low so i'm like yeah. bouncing off things i'm like a bloody human version of a bumper car I'm like, <laughs> bouncing off oh where am i going don't know and it's just having a laugh about oh, my favorite is um sometimes thinking that i'm speaking to someone when i'm actually speaking to a dustbin it's one of my favorites yeah. well, uh, no idea who I'm talking to. <laughs> I I actually had one of these uh, blind moments with actually a hotel room not too long ago where they put me in the disabled suite and okay. I mistook the sink for the toilets oh, bless because you. the lighting was so low and yeah. I was just like, just, just you, know, you take care of your business. Like, you got to do what, what you got to do. Like, got to do what you got to do. Yeah, looking for flush. Like, where's the flush? Why do I have to twist it? Why is the water coming out? Is my biggest oh, problem. Oh, no, 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 I get it. I get it. But just quick question. Was it a number onesie or a two? Yeah, it was going to be my question. Number onesie. <laughs> number onesie, luckily, because that could have been Ooh. very bad. Ooh. God, dear, swerve that one. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been a bit awkward. Uh, I was in a room of my own, luckily. My wife was at a wedding, so oh, it was it was fine. Embarrassment <laughs> there. Oh, embarrassing. But, um, no, it's – but you just got to laugh about these things, don't you? Yeah. Like, there's no point just – just laugh about it. Like I do have, um, I do, I've got some friends who are hard of hearing and they say they've never had the best, they've had the best night's sleep since they take their hearing aid out at night. And I was like, I love <laughs> it. I love it. That's so funny. That's so it's, um, yeah, you just got to laugh about these things and it's, you know, some shit happens, doesn't it really? And you just got to crack on and, and make the most of it. But I, I said it once, I'll say it a thousand times, get your support network in place because if you surround yourself with people that are just going to, that are just, you know, the emotional vampires, like it's, it's not going to work. We need to take care of ourselves and you can only do it. It's part of self-care, isn't it? Having a great network of friends and just, you know, just in it for the lols. Is that yep, what the yep. hip kids are saying? The kids on the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. But I don't know, right. I'm not trendy enough, he says. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, oh, oh yeah. Christina, it's been amazing having you. You're and... so, so welcome. I think we we definitely got to have you back because I think we we have so much more to talk about on yeah. a lot of things. But for today, I think thank you very much. It's been amazing, and I think people are going to love hearing what you have to say because yeah, yeah it's we don't do controversy here on Seesaw. We never do controversy. We we never point out the foibles of things, and we never did that today. Uh, excuse me, is there a little uh, Pino Pinocchio nose happening there? <laughs> I think that's unlikely. <laughs> I mean, it's always a little bit of a scandaloso behaviour. If they want clean cut, they can go to R and I B. 
But Listen, that's not us. On your bike, all right? Go on. <laughs> out the door, wherever that might be, because I can't see it. Out you go. <laughs> Too right. Or whenever you whenever you'd like me back, whenever you just want general gobshitiness, I'm here for <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you. And of, and of course, we'll put your Twitter in the description. So anyone who's interested yeah. in sort of the law, law students, anyone, well, hopefully we have some law students listening. Um and they can come and reach out to you because that'd be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll I'll forward on as well um, to bring a disability to the uh, bar and the Association of Disabled Lawyers and a couple of other organisations. I'm happy to forward it as well. Amazing. Awesome. In the show notes. Yes. Cool. Perfect. All, All right. right. It's been lovely speaking to you. Take care. Bye. Thanks a lot. All the best. Bye. Bye. And we're back. I hope you enjoyed part two of our chat with Christina really interesting and as always that's not a condescending thing to say you sounded more i sounded more genuine that time. Like, I usually always... you have a real problem sounding genuine when you say shit like that yeah i know because it's it, it's always quite awkward for me to out of context it's really hard to do but they are all genuine oh, we haven't had a guest that we've been like oh that was a f- bit of bollocks so i hope you enjoyed that part two if you want to contact her, we'll put the Twitter in, the, in show the show notes. Yeah. And if you have any questions or opportunities you want in the legal system in the UK, as Christina said, reach out. She's happy to point you in directions for assistance and, and how best to get into law. Until then, everyone, stay positive. Also, check out Dice Heads. Episode 4 is out now. Go to the Dice Heads stream. Please check it out. Go. Go. Do it now. Thanks for listening to the Seesaw Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Seesaw Pod, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. You can also email us at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. Like, rate, review, subscribe, and then you can also find us on TikTok, but get us on all the other places. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience. Okay, just to finally wrap up, if you were listening to the dings and you were playing T's Amazing Game at home, the score you should have is nine. If you haven't got that, then one of us has miscounted. Either way, thanks for playing.